0: Welcome to the David Glenn Show. Hope your afternoon is off to a fantastic start. We have some fun in store for you today, including the National Football League. We will talk Panthers as they host the Jaguars in Charlotte on Sunday. The Jags are only two and two with Minshew Mania attracting many of the headlines. Former ECU quarterback, Gardner Minshew more famous for what he did at Washington State at the college level but those Jags are a tricky matchup for your now two and two Panthers for different reasons I will elaborate on that as we look forward to three great guests one on football one on day one of the National Hockey League's regular season. John Forslund, radio and TV voice of the Carolina Hurricanes, will be with us third hour. Canes don't open until tomorrow night. We're sending more of you to that opener with tickets that we give away later in today's program. Remember, our show emanating from our studio most days, on location occasionally, including tomorrow, live from PNC Arena, the owner of the franchise, The billionaire Tom Dundon drops by to talk hockey and Canes and what to look for this season and even what to look for in the bigger picture as the Carolina Hurricanes are relevant once again in the National Hockey League. Thanks to the head coach, Rod Brendamore, for dropping by yesterday. Appreciate the owner, Tom Dundon, making time for us tomorrow live. I'm assuming he's just going to sit down right next to me there at PNC Arena, coming down from whatever office he holds there in that building. Anthony Beck to VSPN, former NFL player. Brilliant tight end for the West Virginia Mountaineers back in the day. Anthony will drop by to talk all things football and even NCAA. The amateurism model is under attack. And how's this for a special guest? As the NHL regular season starts today, the Major League Baseball postseason started last night. I watched much of it. It was a reminder to me of the intensity of playoff pressure baseball or otherwise, there was a 22-year-old rookie for the Brewers who did a lot of good things over the last couple of months in front of that large screaming and desperate late innings crowd for the Washington Nationals. It was just a single to right field. It was just Brewers 3, Nationals 1, but Trent Grisham, 22 years old, the guy who started the season in double-A, Do you think maybe the atmosphere, maybe the pressure caused him to botch a mostly routine single to right field? What could have been a single scoring a couple of runs, maybe, probably, became a bases clearing single that gave the Nationals the three runs with the error that they needed. To get past a threshold they've been seeking to hurdle for a long, 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 long time, the Nationals got three runs on that play, that miscue. They win 4-3 to three after trailing 3-1 to one in the bottom of the eighth inning. Golfers will tell you about the different types of pressure in their world. You know, they'll say, hey, it's one thing if I'm trying to win the Masters or the U.S. Open or a major championship. But ask those guys who are putting on the 18th green to keep their tour card for the next year, that's a different kind of pressure. They may be worried about mortgage payments or simpler things, and then if you get into a Ryder Cup context, for example – Guys in an individual sport say they feel a much different type of pressure. Why? Well, you're playing for teammates. It's a team game in that setting. You're playing, in the case of the Americans, for your country in the Ryder Cup every couple of years. Sometimes those sorts of pressures can feel more burdensome than even, say, that multi million dollar putt on the 18th hole as you're trying to win some middle of the season PGA Tour event. The context matters a lot, and I think that playoff baseball pressure got to the young Brewers outfielder who happened to be in for the injured MVP guy, Christian Yelich. That's how these things can go. The smallest things can mean a lot. In that case, a routine single to right field. It's the Nationals moving on rather than the Brewers. Tonight, you get to see the AL wildcard matchup with the Rays visiting the Oakland A's. There is a happy anniversary today in the sports world. Unhappy for others. It was October 2nd, 1978, that a different baseball player responded much more favorably to baseball playoff pressure, more on that anniversary and that special story through the course of today's program. So we have the NFL, we have college football. As always, we'll have some time for your phone calls, but Dan Shulman calls these games for ESPN. He'll have the AL wildcard game tonight for ESPN Radio. He, of course, has been among our favorites over the years on college hoops and other things as well. Dan Shulman on baseball, second hour. John Forslund on the start of hockey season. And, of course, the Carolina Hurricanes, he is their voice. Forslund, third hour. Shulman's first, second hour. Anthony Becht will drop by in between, in his case, at the start of hour number three. We will have Kane's tickets to give away a little bit later in the program. The ESPN Thursday night football national spotlight. You could have a big game on a Saturday, but there might be, you know, a dozen other interesting games on a Saturday. The Thursday night football spotlight is not exactly exclusive all the time. There may be a secondary game unfolding somewhere, but did you know that it is descending upon the great state of North Carolina this week and next so it's ECU, year one under Mike Houston, that hosts Temple tomorrow night at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium, eight o'clock ESPN. Those who are in the mood for football will either have the three and one Rams visiting the three and one Seahawks for Thursday night football pro style, or you get three and one Temple visiting three and two ECU. The Pirates would love to make a bowl. In year one under Mike Houston, after the disastrous three-year Scotty Montgomery era, the bottom line there is that the Pirates, while three and two, will be favored later this year against, say, a UConn, might be favored against a South Florida that's a little bit down this year. Otherwise, they need to find some upsets. So if they can fill that building and make some noise, Temple is a solid team, beat Maryland, for example, of the Big Ten earlier this year. They have to find upsets somewhere if they're going to make year one a postseason trip under Mike Houston. Next week, remember, it'll be the Wolfpack hosting Thursday night football it'll be three and two Syracuse at three and two NC State both of those teams are off this coming weekend to get ready for that short week and that Thursday night special again right here in our backyard in that case at Carter Finley Stadium in Raleigh each of those two by the way three cupcake wins but when asked to play better opponents the orange was crushed by maryland and clemson the wolfpack fell on the road at both west virginia and florida state more college football including there are only four acc games this week there's something at stake in each of them pitt at duke carolina after that close call against clemson visits lowly georgia tech virginia tech with justin fuente and all the wrong headlines goes to miami where first-year head coach Manny Diaz has the Hurricanes back at 2-2. Two and two. Boston College is at Louisville. Scott Satterfield has the Cardinals playing better football. The former App State coach has that program playing better more quickly than most anticipated after the disastrous end to the Bobby Petrino era in Kentucky. More on those college football stories throughout the day. More on the NFL with the Jags coming to Charlotte on Sunday. Tampa's at New Orleans in an NFC South battle head-to-head among the other interesting games on Sunday. Remember, the Bucks have started 2-2, two and two, including that win over your Panthers. The Saints beat Dallas with Teddy Bridgewater in for the injured Drew Brees. So New Orleans continues to set the pace in that division as the Panthers have come back from the dead, evening their record 2-2 two and two after that ugly 0-2 start. College basketball is back, and the NBA guys are back in preseason camp. So I'll give you some of the biggest headlines there. And in case you have forgotten what's up in the hockey world since tonight, Other teams launched the new season. Quick reminder, preseason favorites this time include the Tampa Bay Lightning in the east. I'm sending some of you to see the Lightning visit the Canes this Sunday, today, and or tomorrow. The Vegas Golden Knights, not long after their birth, remember, a couple years ago. They are among the favorites out west. The Toronto Maple Leafs are a popular pick to finally have a breakthrough season or maybe make a run at a Stanley Cup. I've heard they care a lot about hockey in and around Toronto, Canada. They have not won a Stanley Cup, though, in my lifetime, and I've been around a long, long time, five decades as a hockey fan. We'll get into those stories, Major League Baseball last night, Major League Baseball tonight, Dan Schulman of ESPN, second hour, Anthony Becht on football, John Forsland on the launch of the NHL's 2019-2020 season. Darren Vaught is the producer of this program. Intern Will is a rising star in those ranks. He represents William Peace University. He's also a big part of our big tailgate tour as we travel around the great state of North Carolina. We'll get to the happy or unhappy anniversary in the sports world on the other side. I'll get to why I think the Jaguars are a tricky matchup for your Panthers as Carolina tries to get to three and two at Bank of America Stadium on Sunday. We welcome your questions and comments on the topics that I have mentioned. On the other side, 1-800-849-2761. More on playoff baseball pressure. More on the college football NFL headlines of the week. More on LeBron James in his own words responding to the new California law that is a direct threat eventually to the NCAA's amateurism model. You'll want to hear LeBron chime in on what he felt and what he feels now as a guy who might have been in those shoes perhaps as a one-year college basketball player. Why does he think the California law should reign rather than the status quo which, remember, limits these athletes to room, board tuition, and cost of education adjustment. LeBron James, in his own words today, a famous baseball blast from the past today. Your calls, questions, and comments on the football and other headlines of the day. You can be next at 1-800-849-2761 on The David Glenn Show. Coach Lou Holtz is joining us. What can you tell us about those four seasons in Raleigh?
1: Everybody from North Carolina calling us boo you and agriculture you. And I remember walking the press conference saying I want everybody in the state to understand agriculture is better than no culture.
0: Stay with us on the David Glenn Show. Wide drive. Base hit to right. That'll score one. That'll score two as the ball gets away from Christian and that's going to score three runs, and the Washington Nationals have the lead. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. I have questions of the day for you of multiple varieties. That was from last night's NL wildcard game. Nationals over Brewers in his thrilling comeback. Bottom of the eighth, huge play. The Brewers rookie Trent Grisham boots a ball in right field while in for the injured Christian Yelich. Christian the Nationals get three runs on that single play and end up beating the Brewers 4-3. to three. What is their reward? They get the L.A. Dodgers, the best team in the NL all season long. The Rays at the A's tonight in the AL wild card. Their reward, the Houston Astros, who have been the best team in the American League for most of the year. Dan Schulman of ESPN will be live in about 40 minutes on all things baseball. As that sports playoffs Ramp up. The NHL regular season starts today. I have an NFL question of the day, just in case that's your favorite sport. I have an NCAA question of the day, and I also have a hockey question as we celebrate tonight's launch of the regular season. Again, it's tomorrow night before your Canes host the Montreal Canadiens in their opener. Here is your NCAA question of the day. We're going to play LeBron James' thoughts as remember a high school superstar. The rules at the time allowed him to go straight to the NBA, which he did. But he sometimes said, says over the years, I might have played for Coach K at Duke one year if the rules were like the modern rules. Or I sometimes will say, I might have played for the home state Ohio State Buckeyes growing up in the Akron area had I ended up in college for a single year. He is based in California now as a star for the L.A. Lakers. The Lakers, by the way, as those training camps are underway – are a popular top five-ish pick by the NBA media. Remember, there is no Golden State Warriors super heavyweight lingering over the upcoming NBA regular season. So I'll see the Clippers, I'll see the Bucks, I'll see the Sixers, the Lakers, the Rockets, the Nuggets, the Jazz. It's all over the place this year, which can make it more fun. But LeBron, based in California, recently celebrated that state's signed into law by the California governor, Law that says we're attacking the NCAA's amateurism model. Somebody asked LeBron to kind of take a stroll down, as I call it, amnesia lane. Why are you so in favor of the NCAA model being blown up by perhaps something more resembling this California model, which if you're just joining us, opens the door for athletes to get third-party income. So if it's... Billy Bob's tractors wants to put this star football basketball player, or it could be a swimmer or anybody else on a billboard, and pay them for that. Under the amateurism model, you're no longer an amateur if you take that money, right? You no longer can represent your university. The NCAA has continued to fight for that amateurism model for my entire 33-year career. They're still clinging to it. The California law will bring about a stare down, not in the immediate future, but when the law actually applies a couple years, three years down the road. Do you agree with LeBron after listening to him when he says that the California model is the right way? Let those athletes sell their name, likeness, image to the video game company. Why let the schools and the coaches and others become multimillionaires when, when you buy that jersey, we really know whose jersey that is and they're buying it sometimes for the guy, Zion at Duke. Duke gets the benefit of those royalties. Zion was the guy who created the magic of at least that number, at least for that one year at Duke. Now, LeBron, again, never stood in those shoes. He went straight to the NBA. But I thought his answer was at, worth, at least worth considering because as he explains here, he was a guy who came from very little. And the idea that a Duke or an Ohio State or somebody could have benefited to the tunes of millions of dollars specifically because of his brilliance had he played for a year in college and that he would have gotten back then just room, board, and tuition, that's not enough even if he's getting the benefit of playing at Duke or playing at Ohio State or National TV or March Madness or the coaching of Mike Krzyzewski or whatever else. Here's how LeBron put it. My question to you is, do you agree with LeBron when he says the California model is the right way and that the NCAA's amateurism model long ago became outdated? Here's LeBron James in his own words from over the weekend.
1: I was one of those underprivileged kids. Um, Obviously, I was fortunate enough and, and... talented enough to be able to skip college, but um, for sure I would have been one of those kids if I would have went off to a Ohio State or if I would have went off to any one of these uh, you know, big-time colleges where uh, pretty much that 23 jersey would have got sold all over the place without my name on the back, but everybody would have known the likeness. Um, uh, my body would have been on the NCAA basketball game 2004, and um, the Sean Steen Center uh, would have been sold out every single night if I was there. And, um, you know, coming from me and my mom, we didn't have anything. We wouldn't have been able to benefit at all from it. Um, and the university would have been able to capitalize on everything, um, you know, that I would have been there for that year or two or whatever. So um, I understand what those kids are going through. I feel for those kids um, who has been going through it for so long. So that's why it was personal to me.
0: NCAA question of the day. Is LeBron James right? The NCAA amateurism model long ago became outdated and the California model or something like it is the right way to go to be fair to everybody. Are there potential complications? Yes. Are there unforeseen consequences? Yes, in all likelihood. This law, remember, does not take effect until 2023. So essentially, California is giving the NCAA some time to figure this out. There's an NCAA committee whose report is due later this month along these lines. You can jump in, is LeBron right or is the NCAA right to hold on to an amateurism model when they say many of their fans and supporters will not be as connected to them If it becomes really professional sports in a college setting, you can jump in on that at 1-800-849-2761. As we celebrate the start of hockey season, tonight for others, tomorrow night for the Carolina Hurricanes, what must happen for the 2020 Canes to give this franchise back-to-back success stories? You know, it was almost a decade of misery and missing the playoffs. It was the storm surge and the bunch of jerks and a run all the way to the Final Four before a disappointing ending under the then-rookie head coach, Rod Brendamore, who joined us yesterday, and the relatively new owner, Tom Dundon, who's going to join us live from PNC Arena as we do our show there live prior to the opener against the Canadians. What must happen in your eyes as a Caniac for the 2020 Canes to give this franchise back-to-back success stories after too many back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back to back -back 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 disappointments. I'll give you my answer. We'll welcome yours at 1-800-849-2761. And for NFL fans, I'll ask you this as I also offer why the Jaguars are a tricky matchup for the Panthers on Sunday. Is the NFL doing the right thing with its unprecedented season-long suspension, which is on appeal as we speak, of the Raiders linebacker Vontez Perfect. If you've been paying attention, the Raiders head coach John Gruden went to bat for Vontez Perfect. The Raiders quarterback Derek Carr went to bat for Vontez Perfect. There was a lot of, you guys don't know him on the outside the way we know him here in this locker room and here in within this franchise. And he's a good guy. And you don't know how much he works hard and how much he loves this game. Well... How relevant are those things when Vontez Perfect continues to be the most suspended, most penalized for flagrant fouls, one more helmet-to-helmet hit, this time on the Colts' tight end, Jack Doyle. It is true that longer suspensions are rarely for an on-the-field football play. Longer suspensions might have something to do with being thrown in jail. They might have something to do with domestic violence. They might have something to do with PED use. You rarely see a 12-game suspension. That's what the rest of the season is, right? Without pay for something that happens on the field, the Raiders are going to bat for Vontez Perfect. I don't find him quite the sympathetic figure that they do. Your question your answers to the question of the day with mine as well. one 800 849 2761 Since it is day one of the hockey regular season, as intern Will takes those calls on those three questions of the day, is LeBron right? Is California right? Or does the NCAA have a good point while trying to protect the amateurism model? You can be next at 1-800-849-2761. Vontaze Perfect in the NFL, the Canes in the NHL are your other options on the questions of the day. Number one answer for me, what must happen for the 2020 Canes to become another success story? If you were only a casual fan last year, some of you I know are long term Kaniacs, and you were finally rewarded for your long term loyalty with the thrilling ride last year. We haven't had enough of those lately. Probably the first player most would understand, even if you're a casual fan even if you paid attention to the bunch of jerks and the storm surge, et cetera. Now that Justin Williams is gone as a multi-time Stanley Cup champion who's been around for, you know, almost two decades, led the Canes to a cup, won more elsewhere, stepping away from hockey, not yet retired, but well-known figure even among casual hockey fans. Among the returnees, probably Sebastian Ajo, who was an all-star last year and a thrilling young, exciting player is becoming more and more well-known in our state and certainly among even more casual hockey fans. The number one thing that must happen for this to be now back-to-back success stories after that long-term wait, the young forwards must get a lot better. In some cases, incrementally better. In other cases, a large leap. Because the reality, folks, this was nice to see. At ESPN.com over the last day or so, They ranked from 1 through 31. That's the number of NHL teams nowadays. Your defensive core, your forward core, and your goaltending tandem, number one and number two. I've been a Canes fan since they were born in the 1990s. I don't remember. Somebody might have a better memory than I for this detail. I don't remember ever opening anything not ESPN.com, a preseason hockey magazine, our Sarah Sivian from theathletic.com nowadays in The Athletic Carolina. I've never opened anything where I saw the Canes listed number one. I don't rem- I'm serious. Over 20 years, I can't think of a time where we, in air quotes, were viewed that way by the national media. Y'all know the deal. We're a small market. We're a non-traditional market. Some of these markets have been playing for 100 years. We've only been playing for 20-some. Many of these teams are multi-generational, hand-me-down hockey fans. We've barely been alive long enough to hand our passion for the Canes down to our children, right? Some of them, yes, but when you've only existed for 20 or so years, it's hard to do that. It takes a while. It's not like the original six or some of the Canadian passion for ice hockey, et cetera. The Carolina Hurricanes were ranked number one by ESPN.com for their defensive core. Now that's on my list, right? Like They have to live up to that hype for this season to provide a back-to-back success story for the Carolina Hurricanes. Jacob Slavin is the real deal. We've been talking about that for years. Dougie Hamilton is an offensive dynamo and was a great addition to the team that made the run last year. Brett Pesci is uber reliable as well. And they have a new guy, formerly of Toronto, Jake Gardner, that I think y'all will like as well. So that's their top four. You roll six defensemen, you lean heavily on your top four. There's their top four. Gardner's expected to help what was often an ailing power play for Rod Brindamore's team. He mentioned that yesterday when he visited with us here on the David Glenn Show. Number one out of 31. Again, if you as a KDAC remember another example, please tell me. I've never seen the Canes picked in the preseason to say, you know, win the Stanley Cup. I don't remember them being picked to, like, even win their division or their conference or anything like that in 20-plus years. Number one out of 31, that defensive court. Now, their other two units, the goaltending tandem was ranked near the middle, Peter Mrazek and now James Reimer, the veteran backup. The forward core was also ranked around the middle, you know, teenish in a 31-team league. That's why I put as number one, the young forwards must make significant leaps. Sebastian Ajo has the big new contract now. He's only 22 years old. Remember, tomorrow night's opponent, the Montreal Canadiens, tried to steal him away, tried to push Tom Dundon around, tried to say, you don't have enough money, you don't have deep enough pockets. If we structure this deal to Aho, this this offer sheet, in a certain way, it's going to make it painful for you to match it. Tom Dundon said, nobody pushes me around that way. I got plenty of money. Uh, where do I sign? And that's why Sebastian Aho is still in a Canes uniform. Only 22 years old means, as in the movie Stripes, massive potential for growth, right? I am the acorn that can become the oak, as Wake Forest coach Dave Clawson likes to quote. Sebastian Aho is is long past the acorn stage, but must become more of an oak. And I don't mean style of play. I just mean his full development. He's a sniper. He's not a big body. You know, J- Jordan Stahl is more of an oak physically, but Jordan's also a veteran. We know what we're going to get from Jordan Stahl, the new team captain, right? Sebastian Ajo at 22 needs to be even better a little bit than the all-star version of a year ago. Second-year Russian sniper Andrei Svechnikov is only 19. You want to talk about massive potential for growth? I think you saw it from the beginning of last year to the end of last year. He needs another leap like that. He's figuring things out. Everybody vouches for his work ethic, his personality, his locker room charisma, et cetera. The guy can flat-out play. And if you have a forward group that's ranked middling in the NHL, and you want to be great or close to it, you need more than just that number one ranked defensive core. Svechnikov has to be a lot better than last year. Marty Natchez is 20 years old, had a cup of coffee last year, gets a full shot this year, only 20. I would even add maybe a Warren Fogle to that list. Energy guy, intensity guy, work ethic guy, drive the opponent crazy and get under his skin guy. At 23, you're still young enough to show a leap in your game. That's the youth core. We know among the forwards what Jordan Stahl does and does not offer. We know what Nino Niederreiter at this stage of his career does and does not offer, although he needs to be better than last year. Tevo Teravainen has become one of the best players on this team. He's, at a, he's more of a veteran player. We mostly know what we're going to get, and frankly, that's a pretty darn good thing. Even a couple of the newcomers, Eric Halla and Ryan Dezingle, Older guys, they're not probably not going to reinvent themselves. If you know their histories, you know what to expect from them in a Canes uniform. Aho, Svetznikov, Natas, and Fogel. That, the acorn becoming more like the oak. That is the number one key if the Carolina Hurricanes are going to bolster what was a huge international success story last year on and off the ice with the storm surge and the bunch of jerks and the playoff run. For back-to-back success stories to happen, those young forwards have to look even better than they did last year. 1-800-849-2761. You can jump in on the NFL question of the day. Is the NFL doing the right thing with its unprecedented suspension for the rest of the season of Raiders linebacker Vontaze Perfect, or do you agree with John Gruden or Derek Carr, his coach and teammate, who say the NFL has gone too far here? What about LeBron James in California versus the NCAA? You heard LeBron in his own words. Is he right that the NCAA's longstanding amateurism model has to go? It's outdated. There's too much money. Especially the stars don't get enough in exchange for what they bring to the table. I'll offer more of my thoughts as we take yours, 1-800-849-2761. And, of course, the Canes question, what must happen? What's number one on your list? I just gave you mine for the 2020 Canes to give this franchise back-to-back success stories. More on playoff baseball with Dan Schulman of ESPN in less than 30 minutes. John Forsland, radio and TV voice of the Carolina Hurricanes, drops by third hour. In between, Anthony Becht will be our football guest of the day, former NFL tight end. And West Virginia Star now working with ESPN as an analyst, 1-800-849-2761. Why do I view the two and two Jacksonville Jaguars as a tricky matchup for the Carolina Panthers this Sunday? It actually has nothing to do with Minshew mania. That's getting all the headlines. The Jaguars provide a challenge that has very little to do with the mustachioed Gardner Minshew. I love his story, don't get me wrong, but that is not the starting point for how the Panthers beat the Jaguars on Sunday. More of my thoughts on those topics with your answers to our questions of the day. 1-800-849-2761. Free Canes tickets later. I don't know how many of those are out there, but we've got them. Stay tuned so you can win as we come to your calls. 1-800-849-2761 on The David Glenn Show. I don't want those damn Dukies rooting for us.
1: They've hated all year long. Let them go right on hating. If the situation were reversed, I would hope they would lose by 100.
0: You're in fantasy land. If you ever think NC State's going to make it back to the National Championship game, so just forget that right now. Go to hell, Carolina. Go to hell. Keeping the peace in NC on the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Matt and Greenville wants in on the NFL question of the day. I've never seen a season-long suspension of this long for an on-the-field play, but Raiders linebacker Vontaze Perfect without pay suspended for the remainder of the regular season after the latest of his many helmet-to-helmet hits and personal fouls. This time it was Colts tight end Jack Doyle on the wrong end. John Gruden... The head coach, Derek Carr, the quarterback, have both gone to bat for Vontez Perfect and said the NFL has gone too far in this case. Y'all know that there is a bigger picture here beyond Vontez Perfect. What makes football stop looking like football? We hear those wussification accusations from some NFL fans who love the physicality and the blood, the guts, and the harder hits. So Vontez Perfect is just sort of a symptom within that bigger picture. Matt wants in on that. Kaniacs won in. I gave you my number one thing that must happen for the 2020 Hurricanes to give this franchise back-to-back success stories. Free tickets for you later. Your phone calls now, 1-800-849-2737. And with LeBron James chiming in in his own words over the weekend, as a guy who had he gone to college would have been a classic example of somebody bringing much more value to his university than getting in return, even in the form nowadays of room board tuition cost of attendance. LeBron sided with California over the NCAA's amateurism model. Who's right? You can chime in. I'll offer my two cents as we welcome yours, 1-800-849-2761. Dan Shulman will be calling the AL wildcard game tonight. He joins us live in 20 minutes from ESPN. Anthony on football later. John Forslund, radio and TV voice of the Carolina Hurricanes, is also a third-hour guest. Matt in Greenville, you want in on the NFL question of the day. Who's right? The NFL? or the defenders in Oakland of that Vontez Perfect guy?
1: Uh, well, as a Steelers fan, I'm not calling his bias, but as someone who thinks he could kill somebody, uh, I don't agree with Vontez
0: Perfect and all of the helmet to helmet hits. Uh, Booker McFarland on Monday night, once is an accident, twice the a coincidence, three times is a pattern. This Is this 13th time getting yes. suspended and fined $4 million? I'm all with you. To do his job and get him out of the league for good. Stop worrying about what happens off the field. First, worry about what happens on the field. And are you bothered at all, by, as an NFL fan, by the way they throw these flags, by the emphasis taking away helmet-to-helmet hits, et cetera? Do you still enjoy the game just as They're much as you so always have? they so much emphasis on CTE and concussions. Yes. But yeah, when you get a helmet-to-helmet, the guy needs to be penalized. I'm with you on that. I enjoy the NFL just as much as I did before these flags that protect quarterbacks and before these flags that outlaw the helmet-to-helmet hits. Some claim that it's taken away from their enjoyment of the game, but as Matt says, there is absolutely a bigger picture here. The NFL fights multi-million, sometimes billion-dollar lawsuits relating to them not caring enough or sometimes not sharing all the evidence they have about the dangers of playing football. Sometimes they're accused of just flat-out lying about the science. In other cases, they're accused of talking out of both sides of their mouths. Oh, we say we care about player safety, but we're not making rules and enforcing them in a way that suggests we are. Why did, the end, why did uh, home football stadiums stop playing some of the headhunting video shots that they used to play? Because of this. Why did they ask ESPN – to, uh, to prevent Tommy Jackson from ha- having his jacked-me-up segment, right? S- glorifying the worst, most violent, sometimes helmet-to-helmet hits. Well, because the NFL wants people generally in the public forum, court of public opinion, but also in all seriousness, they want juries to believe that not only do we say we care about player safety, We're making rules along those lines. We're enforcing those rules. And those who break those rules most egregiously and most frequently, like Vontez Perfect, and Matt is right, he is the worst defender. And John Runyon of the NFL listed that as one of the reasons for this incredibly long, without-pay suspension, 12 games the remainder of the regular season. Of course, he said, Vontez, you've been in my office too many times. This is another example where there is no excuse, there is no circumstance that makes what you did understandable or acceptable or you know, last second. When there are mitigating circumstances, the penalty is less severe. And John Runyon said your contact was A, unnecessary, B, flagrant, and C, should have been avoided. For these actions, you were penalized and disqualified from the game. He has led the NFL with 23 personal fouls and 15 flags for unnecessary roughness since entering the league in 2012. He had 13 suspensions and fines in his seven seasons with the Cincinnati Bengals. He joined the Raiders as a free agent this offseason. Remember... If you hear John Gruden and Derek Carr defend Vontez Perfect, I think I've told you before, Darren, as we continue with your calls, hardest classes in law school, hardest classes. I still put antitrust law number one. It's confusing to me to this day. I know the basics, and it comes up in collective bargaining and other sports contexts, but, man, that one still makes my head hurt 30 years later. The intellectual property class, trademarks, etc. Complicated, to say the least. More headaches. Third on the list was evidence. What is is the jury allowed to hear? What is that prosecutor or criminal defense attorney in that context allowed to present? And what does the judge say that's not allowed? Jury's not even allowed to hear that. I think of that because what John Gruden and Derek Carr have said includes a lot of what I would describe back in my law school days as inadmissible evidence. It makes sense if you're willing to think about it, but our criminal justice system does not want you, the jury, to find a person guilty just because he's a bad guy. So let's say somebody's accused of murder, and you can show that the guy was a drug dealer, and he was a horrible son to his mama, and he was a lousy husband to his wife, and he was a lousy dad to his kids. Well, the defense attorney is saying, all right, all that might be true. But what does it have to do with whether my client killed this person or not? Nothing. So the judge has to step in. Why? Because there are a lot of Americans who, if they weren't sure what happened, would just say, you know what? That guy's a jerk. He hasn't done anything good in society. So we're just going to throw, throw him in prison for life because, man, did you hear all that stuff? He's a bad guy, so he probably did it. Like, And there's no gun. There's no blood evidence. There's no anything. So you don't want the bad guy conviction, right? You, you, if somebody's going to get convicted, you want it to be because, you know, there are things attaching him to the crime beyond just generally being a bad dude. So that's why the laws of evidence, tough class. And I didn't really pay that much attention because I knew I wasn't going to practice in a courtroom all that often, right? When you have trouble thinking, you remember hearing your high school buddy say, This isn't very applicable to my life. Why should I bother? Little smidgen of that for me in evidence class back in law school. (laughs) I could ask my buddy who does practice in a courtroom what's admissible and what's not. So, I don't know. Let's just say I partied the night before a little more often when evidence was my morning class. Never, never such things on contracts or a state law or a constitutional law or the other things that I ended up practicing. Got to be careful the night before those classes, Darren. Derek Carr and John Gruden are talking about why Vontaze Perfect is a good, misunderstood guy. Oh, and his work ethic and his passion and love for the game. Inadmissible evidence. And frankly, he's not even a good guy. I mean, but you're trying to paint him as good in the football vernacular. Work ethic, passion for the game. If you just knew him better, you wouldn't suspend him for the season baloney inadmissible evidence what is admissible is what the video shows and in this case when the bad guy in you is the same thing that you're accused of in my hypothetical if the murder if the guy on trial for murder had already been convicted of killing three other people in the exact same way, and he's on trial. Oh, and this person was ex- strangled from behind using the exact same technique and died the exact same way. Yeah, that's admissible evidence. And Vantes Perfect has a laundry list of similarly bad plays. The judge allows that evidence, and Judge Glenn says Vantes Perfect is guilty as charged. And we'll see if the... Long, long penalty stands up on appeal. 1-800-849-2761. Dan Schulman on baseball in 10 minutes. John Forslund on hockey's opening night, third hour. Anthony Beck on football in between. We'll give away some Canes tickets. We'll take more of your phone calls, too. We're glad you're with us on the David Glenn Show. The great difference between sport and capital E entertainment and capital S sport is that we don't know the outcome and that feeling of uncertainty positively or negatively is unique. We are quoting Bob Ryan the way I would quote, you know, Aristotle or Confucius. You're listening to the David Glenn show. Free hurricanes tickets to opening night and Sunday plus John Forslund a little bit later. Last night was opening night of the Major League Baseball postseason. Will it be the Dodgers finally winning the World Series for the first time in 30-plus years? Will it be the Astros winning two in the last three years? Will it be another Yankees Dan Shulman has tonight's AL wildcard game for ESPN radio. We love him on college basketball. He loves baseball as well. More on football and hockey later. Dan Shulman on MLB next. You like college football? It's Taj Boyd. Taj, how are you? Welcome I'm to the good. show.
1: Dave, man, I appreciate you having me on the show. I'm excited to be here, man. And excited for the questions that you're going to ask.
0: Mark Richt of Georgia, please stop taking our best high school football players, but otherwise, thank you for the visit. Last thing for Virginia Tech coach Frank Beamer. So do we. The David Glenn Show. Thanks, David. Appreciate it a lot. You got it.